you after the whistle, the official podcast of the Capital City Supporters Group. I'm Johnny MacArthur. I'm here with Patty Dornan after a week off, all season long, giving you analysis, reactions, and hot takes. Patty, how are you doing, my man? Ugh, I am sick. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, but you know what? We are back with another exciting edition of ATU After the Whistle. I know it's been a couple weeks. Yep. Uh, I was in Paris with my daughter um, in between full days of her trying to find every princess at Disneyland uh, <laughs> and picking up this shitty cold. We were able, weren't able to fit in an episode last week. Um, so it's even more tough than usual. Uh, we had two games, obviously, that week, and then the match against Halifax on Sunday, which we will cover all today for you. Triple header, baby. <laughs> Triple header. I was going to say we picked a great week to uh, take a week off when we had mm. you know three games in like eight days. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Classic oh, well. us. <laughs> oh. Hey, important things come first, right? But we're here. We're here True. in the end anyways. We so, are. yes, triple header. And you know what? It's kind of funny how we're both in bit sour moods considering, you know, our if our other episode would have been like, you know, two wins in a row. But the way that it all capped off kind of <laughs> ended a bit yeah. sour, didn't it? Yeah, probably? a little bit of a little bit of a fizzle at the end, which is kind of unfortunate. Um, I think everybody was riding high. We had nine points in three games. Hell yeah. The team was finally starting to gel. We they were looking like the team we want to see all season. And then, yeah. Uh, yeah, and then they put up a bit of a stinker on Sunday. Yeah, um, yeah. A, a nine-point week was insane. You know, in, 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 everyone was riding high, and then uh, yeah, and then a week later, we couldn't finish out the perfect month like we wanted to. Yep, yeah. But uh, at the end of the day, it got us out of the basement on the table. So yep. I will take it. Yeah, dude, we shot up from eighth to fourth at our highest. We're down to sixth now, but shooting from eighth up to fourth was it was very important i think for the morale of the team and for the morale of the fans and you know one loss sending you from fourth down to sixth again just goes to show how tight this league is right now doesn't it yeah for sure i mean if we look at even the points right now we've got Cavs 27 pacific 26 forge 26 york 24 halifax 22 us 21 that's crazy, so, <laughs> that's crazy. It's, at this point i mean again i think the table was pretty pretty i mean Pacific was far and away the the points leader for most yeah. of the early parts of the season, and then yeah. now it's just tightened up all over the place. Um, Pacific's on a slide, Forge on a bit of a slide. The Cavalry are, are red hot right now, so yeah. Um, I think that it's 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 the up and the down. Um, I'm actually kind of enjoying it because it is nice to see a bit more of a competitive league than we've seen in the past, where you have Forge or Pacific just you know ten points up or whatever, um, and and then the rest of the pl- the teams down below them in the table. I kind of love it, man. Like, especially uh, anyone that's used to watching like the big European leagues, like they're almost all farmers leagues. You know, you're going to have your one or two massive teams that are like, yeah, you're Bayern or your Man City. Yeah, that's just there. Right. And so anyone that loves lower leagues, you know, this is this is what they this is the shit they live for. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like I've the, seen the, the table dramatically changing from. Week yeah, to exactly. Week. I've seen a few memes about it. Um, everyone's super excited about uh, championship this year in uh, in english football yeah because absolutely. it's a lot of a lot of teams that are uh, either x epl like premier league teams or yeah. really strong teams that came up from league one so um yeah it's 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 gonna be it's gonna be interesting and i i think that our league i hope our league kind of becomes like that because it is nice to see season to season the different strategies uh the different pickups they make in the off season and during yeah. trade windows and all that stuff so yeah, great well, stuff for the far league. more far more volatile like roster wise too, right? I mean, other than Forge, everyone else basically keeps players for like two, three years and they're gone. That's kind yeah. of the same thing with lower level leagues in Europe, right? Like no yep. one's staying for like ten years. So 
You know, there's a reason they call the championship the greatest league in the world. And uh, <laughs> I, I, I'd love to follow in those footsteps. <laughs> yeah, there we go. There we go. So, uh, yeah, but overall, um, if we're going to talk about these these three games, um, yeah. win, win, loss. Yep. Um, I've got to say, um, throughout all three games, including the loss to Halifax, um, Zapater, man, what an exceptional player that guy is. I can't believe but, the amount of minutes he's putting in. He's putting yeah, 38. He's putting in, you know, 90, a 90 minute match yeah. multiple times. Like, and uh, it, to me, it's extremely clear why Fernando and the club went in that direction. Yeah. We were crying for a six and they yeah. brought someone in that allows Assi and Ali to bomb up and down the pitch. Um, not worried about the interior of the midfields. Mm-hmm. Um, great. Just great stuff from Zapater for all three games. So yeah, super glad there's a reason he made team of the week, which we'll talk about a bit later. Yep. Um, but that's great for him. Um, awesome for his family. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we still see all the photos of his family, you know, doing all the tourist stuff in Ottawa, which is great. Love it. Love it. <laughs> I saw the photo of the whole family in front of the, in front of the banner and everything. Like yeah. That, uh... yeah. Alberto looks super stoked to be there. I love it, <laughs> <laughs> but it's good. I'm glad they're enjoying the city. Um, that's really cool for us to have, have yep. someone like that. there enjoying it. Um, mm-hmm. Assi and Antonaro scored their, both of their first professional league goals. That was Antonaro's second. Did you forget the, the early one against Forge? Oh yes, the one that I did. was like twelve seconds in the game. Yeah. Oh yeah, because he's yeah he scored. Um, yeah, the, the super the second fastest goal in the league. Oh yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. Sorry. Assi was, scored his first. Assi's but, first pro goal, which was a banger. But Antonaro's was also a banger, and it was important for us because we were deadlocked at one one against Vancouver. Right. It was the one yes. that broke the uh, the one that broke the deadlock. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, so both those goals, absolutely incredible. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, again, unfortunately, the match last night, I think every, well, left all of us scratching our head a bit as yeah. to what happened. Um, yeah. I know the pitch got rained up pretty hard because obviously the game was delayed a day. Um, yeah. The videos were were fast and furious in the chat group of Halifax. <laughs> and like, well, I think there was a whole patio from a bar floating down Grafton Street. Dude, uh, I, got, I got pictures <laughs> from my parents because my parents live about like, you know, 30, 40 minutes north of Halifax for whoever doesn't know. Um, they, they have like a, they live on a lake and they're lucky that they're on the top of like a hill overlooking the lake because that lake raised about eight feet on uh, on the Saturday. So they had everything tied down. And then, uh, my dad sent a picture this morning. He's like, now that the lake is all back down, uh, it decided it was going to throw all this stuff everywhere. So the docks all over the the lawn, they've got like someone else's boat, which is the fun (laughs) part about the lake doing that is that you get new toys, but it's (laughs) yeah. Yeah. So whether or not that played a factor, um, you know, in the in the game, I mean, I, I, it has to play a factor. We all saw the pitch. It was awful. It, it was, was truly cool. awful. And and when you're used to playing on mostly turf pitches, as much mm. as we kind of bitch about turf, if you're playing on turf a lot and then you're going to a super soggy grass field. Yeah. You know, there's going to be a bit of a gap. I'm going to call it. It um, was. Yeah, it was Sunday League, dude. It was it was Sunday League. It was bad. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, but uh, anyways, why don't we start off with the first match of this uh, this two week a- ATO versus Cavs away? This was this was <laughs> we love prime, these matches. Yeah, we this love these was matches. prime ATO at Spruce Meadows. Oh it? man, it was so <laughs> so good. I loved watching every single second of that match. And yes, we you know we 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 bagged up the two two goals late in the game, but at yep. the same time, like to me, this was this was. The best example of terrorism football I've seen this year, <laughs> probably I mean, since last year. It's what we did all last season, right? Especially, yeah, exactly. especially every time we went to Atco, thirty-four percent possession, win two 0 with a goal at eighty-two and a goal at eighty-six. I mean, like, what more yep. do you want? <laughs> yep. Well, that's just it. Um, you know, you're right. Thirty-four percent possession, not yeah. outstanding, but classic ATO. Yeah. Um, our shape was finally back, which was nice. Um, yes. I mean, I talked about Zapator giving us a little more flexibility, which was good. Mm-hmm. We had nine corners, Johnny. Nine. That's great. That's great. Considering uh, against Halifax, we had 
zero. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, in this in this game, Cavalry had one. It's it's so great. It's so great. And two two big chances to their zero. That's another yep. thing that you love to see. Yes, yeah. And I mean, I, I got two I shots get... on target to their zero. Imagine getting yep. zero shots on target at home, bro. <laughs> at home, bro. Yeah, we had uh, eight shots, three on target. Two goals. Um, oh, and all eight of our shots were actually from inside the box, which that's is fantastic. Yeah, see, that really is fantastic. That's the kind of stuff we want to see. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So that's classic ATO at Atco, where we mm-hmm. where we are their kryptonite, which is great. Yep. Um, the the read by Sammy Salter on Assy's goal, like, oh, Chef's kiss, brilliant. It was beautiful. It was beautiful. He had just subbed on not that long before that too, didn't he? Yeah, and I'm I'm not gonna lie when when I saw him kind of making that half cut in down the left side of the pitch. I was like, he's going to go for it. Sammy's going to go for it. And it's going to be dicey as to whether or not it's going to end up in the net yeah. uh, or even on target. And then for him to read Assy on the far side and just switch, switch, switch the ball perfectly to him for him to finish. Like, uh, yeah, I was wondering because I was like, is he just, is he just slowing the game down? Like, is he just wasting time? And then just, you know, is he going to try and hold it at the, uh, at the sideline? Because we were already at like, you know, almost the end of the 90, but yep. now for him to cut it in the middle to see that Asti was completely alone, just yeah, running up great. the middle of the park, which yeah, why he was it, completely alone, I have no idea, but <laughs> no idea, but I loved it. And man, to see all the players, how stoked they were when Asti scored his goal. Oh like, yeah. Oh yeah. There's a, there's a video of the, the, the players on the bench just going bananas. <laughs> Angle, Ollie yeah. Bassett's like losing his mind. Yeah, that's going to be a classic. That's yeah, going to be an all-time so, classic. So that was really awesome. Um, really, really good to see. Um, we also They also had more than twice as many passes as we did, which is funny because, like, I mean, again, normally we have less passing in general. Yeah. Um, but we also only had 87 passes in their half, <laughs> which when you only have 240 passes, that's not good. Uh, we had... But we, we- we had 87 passes in their half. Jesse mm-hmm. da- Jesse Daly had 78 passes to himself the whole game. <laughs> it's so stupid. <laughs> it's so stupid. I love it so much. Yeah. So again, we're just giving you all the great examples of of peak terrorism football, which is the type of football we love to watch because it's so frustrating to play against it Ottawa is. when they play like this. But it's so satisfying when we score on like a. <laughs> On just a cheeky counterattack off of yeah. like a corner or something. Yeah, late pen, uh, late counterattack. Um, yeah, that's I, what the kind I, of stuff we got to do. What I loved about this game is that uh, contrasted with the Valor win the week before, mm. which which for us was probably our prime attacking football. We what we had six big chances, a bajillion yeah. shots on target. We only had two goals. We could have had six of them. Um, it's like literally basically seeing Jekyll and Hyde from one week to the next and seeing us execute both of those game plans perfectly was I was really riding a high after this game. Yeah, me too. Um, I think everybody was, yeah. to be completely honest, which was great. Um, and, we, so yeah. and we kept on riding that high to the second game. Straight ATO versus, versus Vancouver, Vancouver FC at home. FC at home. <laughs> and four days later, I think, three or four days later. So four, Yeah, it's insane. For, first of all, that's stupid. Um, but second of all, <laughs> it was awesome to see us back to TD Place to defend the Glebe against Vancouver, uh, yep. who were actually debuting Alejandro Diaz, who is on loan back from his club from Norway, mm-hmm. which, you know, I'm not going to read between the lines too much but generally not a good thing when you go away and then come back a season later um but uh i think vancouver needs that which is you know right now especially because they're sitting what 10 point oh man 13 points so they're <laughs> oh boy yeah not too great not great yeah 14 I mean, points back from cavalry so 
obviously Diaz is a good addition. He's scored in that in his debut, and then he scored a, a week later as well. Oh yeah, um, he's a, he's a, he's a goal magnet for sure. But the th- but the thing is, is that you know if they keep letting in three, four, five goals a game, it doesn't it's not matter. Really, it's not really gonna make a fucking difference, is it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So he's back. Um. This game for me. Uh. I think this was. I know the Cavs game was good, but I kind of expected that going into Atco. Yeah. This was this was the match of the three that I loved to watch the most. Yeah. Yeah, I did. Um, the four one four one was awesome. Zapator, I'm gonna say, had his best game with us to to date, yeah. which was I think, uh, I think amazing. That's an easy, easy, easy show for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, Salter played well. San Miguel's goal, uh, mm-hmm. incredible. Yeah. Antonoro scoring that header, but t- to me, during that entire um uh play. It, it was yes, Antonoro picked up the header, but for me, it was when Carl Howarth doggedly blew off two defenders and <laughs> managed to cut down to the byline and cross it perfectly onto Gabriel. Gabriel Dude, that head. was that was stupid. I was like, who yeah. are you and what? How old are you? Like, are are you, what did you do with with you know thirty four year old Carl Howarth? I don't understand. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So what wasn't there to love about this match? Um, yeah. Aside from us not scoring more, um, but we had we had twenty shots, twenty. Which is crazy. It was just the most we've had in a single match. It was just another offensive masterclass. And, you yes. know, even though even though we we, we uh, trailed possession again at home, only yeah. 48, only 48 percent, you know, four big chances, 20 total shots, two missed big chances. Like we we, we won. Uh, we won 3-1. It could have been 5-1. Easy. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, 20 shots, 15 inside the box, which is, again, really good for us. 15 inside the box. <laughs> eight eight <laughs> on target. Like just yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, and our defensive stats weren't terrible either. I mean, we we had more, we won more duels overall. We had more ground and aerial duel wins. Um, plus, we had 15 successful dribbles, which is a lot. That is a lot. That is a lot. We lead. We led basically almost every stat here, except for passes, because you know when they have more possession, they're always going to lead the pass stats, right? So yeah, yeah, it's whatever. Exactly. But it was, but it was cool too because it's an outstanding effort at home. Um, and I yeah. know last season we we were just not good at TD, and this season we've seen to turn it around a little bit. Um, and seeing the footage from the dub and the CCSG track blown up, um, you know, I think it was it was well received by the ATO faithful. Just just a beautiful game, and it was beautiful weather too. So, for those of you that got to go, I'm extremely jealous, and I wish I had been there. I one thing one th- thing about that game is Carl Howarth made Team of the Week off of his sub appearance. I know, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he played 30 minutes. 30 <laughs> minutes. Mean, his 30 minutes were actually really good. He had 19 yeah, touches, yeah. one shot. Which was a goal. Uh, was yeah, a goal. one shot, yeah. which was a goal. Yep. Two for three on dribbles, an accurate cross, four for six on ground duels, one and 88% pass accuracy. It like, was incredible. Yeah. 30 know, minutes, one goal, one assist. There you go. That's wham, bam, bam. There you go. <laughs> Good night, Vancouver. <laughs> it was, this was like a, a, a subs masterclass. Um, mm. That game was because obviously when, when, when Carl and Antonaro came on, they combined for that first goal. Um, yeah. And it was just, and they, they both played incredible and the subs like absolutely needed to happen too. It was, we knew, we, we knew we deserved the win. Um, and we weren't satisfied for sitting back for a one, one draw. So yeah, cargo got that one like bang on. Yep. Yeah. He read the, read the pitch, read the conditions, read the players and, and put the, the right pieces into the puzzle, which was awesome for us. Um, but now we get to <laughs> talk about whatever just happened on Sunday. Yeah. So that's kind of a symptom of in Vancouver against Vancouver. We got away with it. If we look at our left side, our left back was Ugh. Miguel Acosta and our left winger was Zach Verhoeven. So 
obviously one of them's a super sub and one of them is a right back slash defensive midfielder. So we were already sort of feeling the pain of our entire left side being injured all the time. Um, and now if we move, uh, yeah, cause I think there's like, there's like a six part Twitter thread about that. Oh yeah. Some dude wrote like about, (laughs) yeah, different episodes of everyone being injured. Um, so if we move towards Halifax now, we really, really felt the, uh, the absence of that left side playing Acosta left back again. Yeah. Um, we were kind of defending in our four four two, so we had Del Campo and uh, Shaw up top. Yeah, it and, just seemed, and like it seemed, Antonoro it just seemed playing. uncomfortable. It seemed uncomfortable. It was uncomfortable. Anton Antonoro was playing in a position that he has no business playing in, which is left wing in a four four two. Like he absolutely did not know what to do anywhere. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So so again, didn't didn't like it. Um, I I'm not gonna be, honestly though. I'm not gonna beat the boys up too badly because honestly, like I don't think we looked good at any point in this match, um, except maybe a couple counters. Um, I, I don't, I don't blame King Nate for missing that shot because I don't think even God himself could have saved no, that. It was, a worldie. <laughs> it was an absolute worldie. And, yeah. and you know what, if you look at the stats of this game, other than, other than the possession stats where they had 60, 40, like we basically had identical everything else. Yep. We both yeah, had and- seven shots. We both had, uh, two shots on target. You know, they had one big chance we had nil. Like, it was neck and neck for, like, everything. And it, it was going to take the world of a goal to win the game because no one was really doing shit. Yeah, well, and that's just it. It was, it was, a, it was a lot of back and forth in the game. Awful game. Um, and I, I, I honestly do think, though, at, at that point, um, you know, when the, when the final whistle blew, I think we were lucky to get, skate away with a one nothing loss. I think it could have been a lot worse. Um, but at the same time, you're right. The stats were fairly, fairly even. You know, we had seven shots, like you said. Uh, they won pretty much all the passing stats. Um, oh, we kind of, yeah. to, to me, we, we we reverted back to the way we were playing early in the season when we were stop gapping players wherever. Yeah. We were like, oh yeah, uh, yeah, uh, okay, uh, Miguel Acosta, you can play the six role, um, and players can fill in where you know in their secondary positions, and then we just play a bit of dump and chase, um, which again can be effective if your long balls are anywhere near accurate, but mm-hmm. ours were not. Yeah. Um, Ollie had a rough match. Didn't like seeing that. No. Um, so. <clears throat> It yeah, was kind of was like, some- you know how at the beginning of the season we were complaining about how we only played 45 minutes at a time? Mm-hmm. This this was like 90 minutes of playing like that, basically. Yes. It's just nothing came off. Nothing was working. Everything was frustrating. And the thing is, is that let's be real here. We got ATO'd. Halifax were playing an absolutely defensive, low block, passing around type of game. Yep. They were at home, so they passed more. They had more possession. But I mean, let's be real here. Like, they had one big chance. I don't think it was the goal either. I think it was that cross in that they skied over the bar. But yeah. I mean, like, we had just, you know, we didn't have a big chance. But yep. they only had the one. And I mean, we, like we said, we had the exact same amounts of shots. It was just nobody was really it was it was a really boring game on both sides of the ball. Yeah. Yeah. I think I commented. I was like, man, I'm really sad. I stayed up till 1 a.m. to watch that. Happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Someone yeah. someone posted in the discord that clip from The Simpsons. Remember when like the three players are just passing the ball around oh, and, and then the commentators <laughs> yeah. like yelling over it. And it, yeah. it was like, yeah, that was that game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just again, it, was, it wasn't just it wasn't a fun game to watch. Um, I think that probably the weather played a fairly large portion. I can only imagine how much that slowed the ball down during that game oh i bet because the field was waterlogged the day before and then it rained again on the sunday so yeah and i mean yeah. i I, lo- I know in um if you read the forward press ben ralph 
Um, I do read the forward list. And, and, every, and if you're listening out there, you everyone should else too. should. You should too. And uh, Nate Ingham said it best. He's like, yeah, the delay, you know, it wasn't good for the game, but it affected both of us. Yeah. And, you know, like we're like we're there. We're staying in a nice hotel. We're eating. We're eating good. Like we got to train the day before. It's like we're not like suffering out here. Um, we're, it affected both of us the same way. And like I could totally see that because everyone sucked. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, that's true. But at that being said, I mean, I would probably, if I was going to say, I would give the edge to Halifax just because. Yeah, everyone sucked is not the right thing to say. Yeah. No, no, nothing was exciting, I guess, would be the right thing to say because they de- they defended expertly. Their midfield was incredible. Caligari was so good. Yeah. Um, obviously, Nimic. Uh, Jan Fillion was great. Uh, like, Nimic was fantastic. Nimic, Nimic was insane. Easy, easy player of the match uh, performance. Yeah. Not not just the not just the assist, but I mean just the way that he defended his his area didn't didn't give us a room to breathe whatsoever. No, no. Um, I I, I was surprised Ferrazzo didn't get a bag of at least one. <laughs> he had a couple that he skied, which sucks for yeah. him. Um, but yeah, I would give I would give Halifax the edge just because a you're playing at home, which you know most teams, especially Halifax, um when they play at home, I find they do play a little bit harder. I'm going to say. Um, and then if you're playing on grass at your home, that's, that's an advantage when you're yeah. playing at home. And then also, you know, I lived in Nova Scotia for uh, most of my life. I know what the weather's like there and yeah. that gives them a bit of an advantage too. Um, yeah. But you're right. Spe- Both teams did not play. <laughs> did not especially, play well. Especially when your grass is shitty, like you're used to it. Right. Whereas, yeah. you know, s- someone that plays normally on turf, they're like, oh, yes, beautiful grass. I love this. I never get to have this. B- yeah. Beautiful grass is great. Shitty grass. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Not so much. No, shitty grass is awful. I played, you <laughs> yeah. know, 18 years of, of football <laughs> growing up on <laughs> mostly have. shitty grass. <laughs> yeah. um, and yeah. then it was funny because, yeah, we would go to like regionals for military soccer and, and it's on turf. And it was like yeah. our team was completely terrible because we were used to playing on bumpy garbage grass. And it's like, <laughs> why is this ball traveling twice as far as it normally would? <laughs> exactly. So, so yeah, again, a lot, a lot of those factors, I'm not, none of them excuse either team um but it is a factor i think that we have to con- we have to kind of blend into this um yeah and more fair, fair play too and we talked about this a couple episodes ago about how we have to start taking advantage of the home field advantage mm-hmm. right i mean that's your classic home field advantage right there baby yeah exactly exactly and i mean there were some bright spots i'm going to call them quote unquote bright spots um, yeah. we won more duels more tackles we had 14 yeah. interceptions which is not mm-hmm. bad um yeah. but yeah just our offense generated absolutely nothing and their defense just passed the ball around a lot. Yeah, it was for us. It was dump and chase. Nothing was going through the middle. You know, it, I, we, I swear I saw more long balls from center backs than I've seen in any other game that we've had this season. Um, anytime that the ball would get shuffled out to the wings, there was no triangle interplay to try and move it up. Um, yeah. It was just it was dire. It was dire. And yeah. um, I think that cargo got this one completely wrong. Too. I would agree with that. Um, mm. And and I understand that he's working with what he's got, especially once Miguel came off. Uh, then it was kind of just we're playing the, the you know the the, the card game, you know, card shuffle game in in Times Square, like trying to figure out yeah. where, where who we're gonna put where. Yeah, um, exactly. But yeah, I, I I would agree with you. I mean, even even yeah, they they just. It just didn't work. Nothing that well, he was doing was working. Playing Espeo as the right side of the center back in the back three when when we're attacking, meaning that when we de- when we defend into the four four two, he's all of a sudden playing right back. Yeah, and I was like, "What great. are you doing? Like this is prime Wemet territory as a center back slash right back. Why are you not putting in him in the position where he gets to do both?" And Espeo in the middle where he always is. Instead, to, to be fair, Espeo had a. a I still had a good game at where he was. He, I, he I had liked. a good game. However, yeah. I'm gonna put I'm gonna put that goal 
it's it sounds harsh, but I, I'm gonna put if it, if it wasn't if him and Wimet if him and Wimet were flipped, I don't know if that goal happens because Espeo's tracking the wrong runner and he doesn't drop off to Colom as early as he should. Yeah. He's almost in the position of where the central center back is and not the right sided center back. He's never played that position in but the two years that he's been with us. But I think that's I think that to your point, it's just it wasn't natural for him to drop exactly, off exactly like that exactly yeah. Yeah, no, it was a bad decision, and the fact that he just reverted it at halftime like went to, goes to show that he knew it was a bad decision. <laughs> <He's> as <well>. Whoops! <laughs> Why he waited until halftime to do that, I have no idea. I don't know. I don't know. It's almost like when you're playing football manager and you accidentally put one of your players in the wrong position, and you don't notice until like halfway through the game. <laughs> <laughs> like, ah, ah, ah. like ah, shit! <laughs> Whoops! Yeah. 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 Okay. So, who do you got standing out on of the, these three games? I mean, uh, to I sort mean, of go over there. ATO versus Cavs, obviously. Ollie's up there. Penn yep. is brilliant. Kept yep. the streak alive, which was sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it was nice to see him return to like a high press Ollie Bassett, yep. which was great. Yep. Um, Assey, man, Assey had a ninety. He put in the work. It was the first time I think so far this season since we signed him that I felt fully confident every time he touched the ball, which was great. Yeah. Yep. Um, 93% accurate passes, 75% ground duels and banger of a goal to open his CPL checkbook, which is awesome. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's me for Cavs. Do you have anyone else? No, no well, Assy, let's talk about some of these zero times dispossessed six yep. out of eight ground duels. One, I was like, what, what? <laughs> yeah, who is, who, <laughs> this isn't the normal Assy that we're used right? to. Yeah. Where's the little skinny 18 year old. That's like constantly getting bullied off the ball. If he doesn't, if he's not able to run around the man, yeah. like he was, when he's switched on, dude, like we love seeing it. We need more games like this from this kid. Yes, agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Um, I honestly there no one I don't think anyone had anywhere near of a bad game against Cavs. Um I thought, you know, seeing Neba back again was pretty great. Yes. Um obviously Zapater was was great. Antonoro had one of his best performances for us. Yep. Um no, I, I mean there's no there's not enough good things to say about everybody in that one yep for yep. sure and i mean seeing costa you know is his last game at right center back before he's had to move over to left back was fantastic <laughs> i just yeah, wish yeah, he could true. stay there for a whole season Please and not stay. be shuffled around multiple times <laughs> yeah he's our swiss army knife right now <laughs> yeah absolutely which you know is can be good but can also be annoying especially when now he's on his third main position and he just you know pulled up with a hamstring injury no contact yeah hopefully so it's not who serious. knows how long that's gonna last yeah exactly Speaking yeah. of, he was my highlight against Vancouver at left back. I thought he was brilliant. <laughs> yes. If not just for the goal. I mean, 95% pack accuracy, 100% shot accuracy, three out of four long a, balls. But like to return to his goal, to be able to see through that crowd of people that were all yeah. inside the 18-yard box and curl yeah. it around to the far corner was just... Ugh. I don't really understand the shot angle, Bazol, because I'm pretty sure once he hits the ball, he's actually facing like almost away from the goal. Yeah, yeah. I think he was like tur- turning, like turning to the inside, which then curved the ball to the. I don't. I don't even know. To me, it doesn't it, make any it, sense. It, the shot went off, and I was like, "Oh, it's a show! Oh my God, it's in the net!" Yeah, no, same, same, dude. Like I was sure he was gonna hit it, and it was gonna go wide right or over it, but instead he managed to slip it right inside the far post. I was like, yeah. "Who are you?" Yeah, exactly, exactly. Getting a goal from left back. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. And he was also, man, 95% at pass accuracy. Yeah, that's stupid, dude. That's yeah. stupid. 
Yeah, nine recoveries, five passes in the final third. Like, this is Primo San Miguel, which was great. Yep. I'm here for it. Absolutely. Yep. And, I mean, I- Assy had another banger. Yeah, Assy put up some good numbers for sure. Um, Zapater, like I said earlier, had probably his best game all season with us. Yep. Um, just, yeah, man, that guy, I just, it's such a relief. It's such yep. a relief when the ball gets passed to him. <laughs> like, even if we're just passing the ball back into our own half to, like, restructure and attack, I'm just, like, supremely confident that he's not going to do something dumb and lose the ball. <laughs> like, I'm just like, he's going to, he's going to pass to the right person. It's like, he always knows where it needs to go. And it, it's just, it's just a calming presence. And I just, yeah. I love to see that in our, in our lines. And here's, this is the type of player that he is, right? I mean, he's 38 years old. He's not going to be the guy that's, you know, running around everywhere. And I know um, last night, uh, a Halifax yeah. account had posted on Twitter. They were like, uh, it was really cheeky, too. It was like, if you had uh, a drinking game of every time Zapater left the middle circle, you would have left the ground sober because, you know, he was playing like he smokes two packs a day and had a bottle of tequila in his sock, I think is what he said. Yeah. Because his heat map was completely inside the circle. And he was saying that as if it was a bad thing. No, that's the reason. I'm like, the guy. <laughs> well, that's just it. And, and then he's comparing it with Lorenzo Caligari. I'm like, okay, uh, uh, like this is like baby's first football analysis level type stuff here. First of all, <laughs> you're comparing a 38 year old to a friggin' 25 year old. They don't play the same type of midfield. Like, is 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 it a shock to you that different systems require different things from their midfielders? And and yeah, you might talk about how his heat map hasn't completely inside the center circle. But I mean, you're talking with a guy that had 43 out of 48 accurate passes, six out of nine accurate long balls, 100 tackles one three out of four ground duels won five recoveries two interceptions like he was probably our best player on the pitch against Halifax he had nine passes nine passes into the final third from, and, and from the center circle right but because he was only in the center circle you're going to talk shit about him like get your head out of your ass yeah no I would agree I think that that's just an that's just a real real amateur hour very amateur analysis hour. Of, of him because you know and I think even the commentators talked about it on Sunday they were like well they didn't bring him in to, to run around places I'm like no there we didn't yeah. we brought him in for technical expertise in a defensive midfield six role the reason exactly. he's there is to do that and he's doing exactly. it brilliantly like yeah. in all the games he's played he's been brilliant and in our best in our best formation, we have two, you know, eights running around in front of him. So he doesn't need to be doing that. Yeah, exactly. We have Ollie Bassett, who's a complete workhorse. <laughs> and then whoever Ollie Bassett is paired up with up there. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know. So Zapater, obviously one of my standouts for oh, uh, Halifax. Just, oh, my God. The flow of play through the middle with him there. Like I said, nine passes in the final third, two interceptions, five recoveries, 43 for 48 on passes. That is bananas. The passes mm-hmm. that this guy does are so accurate and so precise and so perfectly placed. I just, and they look I, so simple. And they, they, so they, simple, they right? do. And that's the craziest part is like, they're not fancy. He's not like, you know, nutmegging dudes all the time and like doing weird, crazy, fancy on the ball plays. He's just a solid number six who has solid passing stats who, and he controls the middle of the pitch. And that's yep. what we need. I love it. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Speaking, speaking about annoying things during the Halifax game, I don't want to belabor this too long, but I think it needs to be, uh, it needs to be mentioned very briefly. Um, I don't know about you, but I know myself and many other people have been getting really, really annoyed about how Adam Jenkins is calling our games lately. Um, there's been, there's a lot of situations where he is throwing out opinions rather than just the facts that a play by play should be putting out, throwing out opinions. A lot of the times before a replay is even shown. Things like oh um, yeah the the punched Nate Ingham and, and then yeah like there was, there's headbutted like there was two there was two big ones that I noticed yeah. there was a pass up to Malcolm Shaw that you know the players were complaining it was a handball now 
a group a real play-by-play would say the players are shouting for handball let's look at the replay and see if they have a case to be made but instead jenkins immediately said that call should have been blown down for a handball yes that is that is not what a play-by-play man is supposed to do and then later on in the game when Nate Ingham and the Halifax uh, forward or defender, I can't remember, it was probably a set piece, I think, um, were, but were on the ground. The Halifax yeah, player I think was, it was on Callum the ground. Yeah, Watson, I want to say. And then he said, the Halifax player is on the ground after getting hit by the fist and or arm of Nate Ingham. There hadn't been no replay shown. There had been no replay shown yet, but he made that judgment opinion call. And then it turned out when the replay came that the, the player had actually headbutted Nathan Ingham. Yeah. And, her, and initiated the head-on-head contact. So... Basically, I don't want to make any suggestions of bias here. I think that would be a, a beyond the pale. However, anyone could reasonably see that yeah. if they're watching and listening to this type of commentary. So we're really just Asking hoping that you, be- yeah. you become more professional in the future because as a play-by-play, you can't be doing that. Yeah, ask, Jimmy, and- ask Jimmy what he feels about the situation. Well, That's his and, job. And, but that did happen a couple times, honestly, Johnny, during the, during the broadcast. Um, and full disclosure, I received a couple questions via Twitter about this exact issue. Um, yeah. But yeah, Jimmy Brennan actually, like at one point, I think there was a comment about goalkeeping. He was like, oh, why didn't he just kick it? His foot's right there. And Jimmy Brennan's like, because he's a goalie and he can use his hands. And I was like, yeah, dude. <laughs> uh, but but again, like it's just it's I I agree with you. I, I, like we're not going to you know beat a dead horse, horse with Adam Jenkins, but I am starting to get a little bit, I think, fed up with his commentary, especially around ATO games in general. Exactly. Um, but exactly. also, also f- full disclosure, we're not the, we're not the only victims. I've heard him do it a couple of times with other teams as well. Yeah. Um, so yeah, maybe just pull back a little bit on the, uh, on the, on the, on the internal commentary, your personal opinions and, and stick to just calling the match. For it's, us. Well, that's the thing, right? You're never going to, you're never going to hear Peter Drury say, Oh yeah, no, that's not a foul for me. Mm. That's not his job. That's what whoever is color guy, that's their job. Yeah. Color guy or color girl. The second commentator is the one that gives the opinions. You're just supposed to give the play by play. And I know one soccer has a small stable of, an, of commentators. So you get comfortable, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe we need some more. Yep. Let's throw some spice into the mix. That's all I want to say about that. So I know what I he's just... saying is Johnny MacArthur for color commentary on one. Oh, soccer. yeah. That'll, that'll be not <laughs> biased his, at all. This is his campaign <laughs> kickoff pitch. That become... wouldn't be biased at all, eh? <laughs> yeah. Like, no, that's, a, that's, that's a pen all day. I didn't see it, but that's a pen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and looks like Johnny's joining us from Section W to announce for the games. <laughs> oh, amazing. Yeah. yeah. No, it's yeah. good. So we had our stand. We do you have any other standouts from the Halifax game? Uh, I liked Diego. Diego was pretty decent this game. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think he, you know. I think he was out of position, but I think he managed to play the position out of position decently well. Mm-hmm. Um, five clearances, eleven recoveries, four interceptions. Just you know, I, I would call it a good performance out of position. Um, yeah, I think he could have been incredible if we had used him properly. Um, I mean, but, we did we we did switch at half, but by then it was too late. Yeah, really. exactly, because we we're already down one nothing, and you yeah. know, the, the game was the, the flow of the game was already established. At it was that point. yeah. If there if you could call it a flow of the game at all, it was just <laughs> frustrating from front to end. It was just three hundred. <laughs> it was just three hundred passes by Halifax in their own half. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Yeah, so those are those are our standouts. Um, disappointments. I know we're talking about being all disappointed with the Halifax game. It's just coming off three wins in a row. You know, we should be talking about that, but you're always going to talk about, you know, what did you what, what have you done for me lately? Yeah, um, I, I this is a tough one because there were players that had 
you know, maybe a, a game or two or, or three in some cases that were really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and then maybe they had one kind of not so good game. Um, but I am going to say this now. I am starting to worry about Ruben Del Campo's role on this squad. And I don't think yeah. I'm alone here. Um, we talked about the 99 curse, you know, all of that stuff. Um, he's had a couple near goal chances, including one that was cleaned up by Carl Howarth against yeah. BFC. Mm-hmm. Um, but to me, he's just, he's been all over the place. He didn't really have any solid performances in any of these games. And it sucks because you constantly see the camera panning to him. And yeah. I don't know if it's just cause he's like a young, you know, foreign talent that is, you know, up and coming in this, in the, in the CPL. And he's, you know, looks good on camera as like a footballer, but mm-hmm. at the same time, it's like, I can only imagine that's a lot of pressure. Oh, for him. sure. Cause he's Absolutely. put up what, like 200 plus minutes now without a goal. Um, mm-hmm. So it's only building. And like, it's, he, it's almost like the Sam Salter effect where we talked about earlier this season where it's like, the more minutes you go without a goal, the more pressure that's put on your shoulders by the team, by the fans, yeah. by the commentators, by, by everybody. <clears throat> and it, it just makes things almost worse. Um, so I'm, I'm a bit worried about Ruben. Um, I'm sure we'll talk. I haven't looked at the mailbag questions, but I guarantee you there's questions about him in there. Yeah. Um, I mean- Especially when we're talking about a foreign player, right? And I mean, mm-hmm. this happens every every time we bring a player in from across the ocean, who we who you know used to play for Atleti like under 19s or was through our scouting network. Everybody else in the league wants them to fail. Yeah, they need them to they need them to fail because they want to prove that our project is you know not uh, as as over advantageous as we want it to be. They want to say, oh, you're bringing all these foreign guys over, but they can't hack it over here. That's why. They, you know, they talk about they have the camera on him constantly on the television. Uh, that's why, like the aforementioned Halifax account was talking about Zapater the way that he was, because they desperately want us to fail. They want these players to fail yeah. because they're threatened by the project. Yeah, that's true. That's a good so point. that's a that's an immense amount of pressure when you're one of those players. Maybe you don't feel the pressure because you're not like, you know, reading the Twitter, which, you know, I, I know damn well Alberto Zapatero is not reading Twitter. No, God, no. <laughs> we all like follow his wife on Twitter so we can see what's yeah, going on. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And and I guess that's just it. And I understand as a an opposing fan, I guess there is some level of 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 allure to shitting on a player or a team that is you know oh they've got daddy atletico madrid's money and blah blah, blah. yeah i get it like we do the same thing with man city we're like oh they've got all their like you know shady oil money from the middle yeah. east and like blah blah, yeah. blah like everyone does it but at the same time it's like our league is not the epl our league is not even close to that mm-hmm. and the fact that a european club wants to be involved in the league is a good thing for the league because look at yeah. the caliber of players we're bringing over here like again Zapator easily the highest profile player this league has ever signed mm-hmm. and could you imagine if we weren't an atletico affiliated club and we tried to pull a player like that it just no, wouldn't exactly. happen they would exactly. just tell us to kick rocks like yeah yeah so so again i i think that you know as much as other other teams may bitch about it i think deep down they know that this is good for the league to have that and i'm really hoping you know when we start looking at expansion teams um across canada because there are a bunch of expansion teams that are are looking at you know adding clubs you know hopefully a quebec club at some point maybe one in the prairies yeah um i would love to see clubs from europe get more involved you know and and maybe a club from france that gets involved and does something with something in quebec like i don't Mm -hmm. know but i would love to see that and you know i say that now and come back to me you know in 2025 when johnny and i are talking about us getting blown out by some team from laval (laughs) i was gonna say come come back to me in 10 years when olympic laval has won every single sheer 
for 15 yeah, years in a row. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but either way, I, I think it's a good thing for the league. And I know that like these Halifax fans do. The, and I get I get where they're coming from because, you know. Oh, I'd be doing the same shit if it was. Well, me, but like, also obviously. For, but also for them specifically, I get it because Halifax kind of grew as a grassroots team. Mm-hmm. early in the league they've been around since the inception but it took a lot of work to get that team in halifax because halifax doesn't have a professional team outside of the wanderers they this have is the true. moose heads i guess but that's not really professional they um, also don't have a massive you know scouting network to pull players from and they've you know historically had a harder time recruiting than some of the other you know ontario based teams uh, uh cavalry who have you know decades of history of of development uh, soccer le- clubs there so they've historically been you know they've they've made a final one year but other than that they've never made the playoffs um they've had a hard time pulling any caliber of player that's comparable with the rest of the league so obviously they're going to be a little you know insecure when we can pull someone like zapater yep yeah. So and we saw and we see it with our fans. Um, and I mean, they they just they they just pulled Daniil Henry, which is very impressive. You know, that's a good signing for the league. Um, it's a little less impressive considering the dudes paid like ninety minutes of football in the last like calendar year. <laughs> yeah. True. True. So I we all hope he kicks off, but I mean, you know, who actually it, knows if it'll pan out for them? But again, it's a gamble. It's a bit of a gamble, and I and I, underst- I and I understand why they're doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have to give Halifax credit; their rebuild, I would call it so far successful um not maybe earlier in the season but like us they've hit their stride mid-season and and yeah. they're they're moving up um you know this is the team that you know was sitting at the bottom of the table for a bit um and then they beat pacific 2-1 a couple like a w- couple weeks ago you know on the, yeah. oh, on the 11th yeah. yeah so so yeah overall again i think it's good all of it's good that we're pulling these people um but yeah yeah i'm starting to worry about ruben for us i think i i mean i the thing is, is that we talk about like the 99 curse. I, I'm, obviously, uh, <laughs> Uche was the only player that wore it, but Mora Gregor, we could feel like was also cursed. Um, I, I said this before, but Ruben Del Campo has already done more as a striker than either of those players ever did. Yes. I mean, the, the way that this guy, his work rate, the way that he presses from the front, the way that he wins tackles, the way that he wins ground duels. Um, I know that, you know, there, there's been a couple times where he could have had goals. Obviously, there was the one that got cleaned up by Carl against Vancouver. Yep. Um, there was the header against Valor in his first game that very much should have been a goal. Um, there was a header in this game as yeah, well that's that true. could have there been was, a goal yeah. if it was but just aimed but a little but better. I think that's just, I think that's the thing that people are worried about is like he's becoming a little bit of a like non-finisher, a little Gianni Dos Santos you yeah. know, flair where it's, he has all the, all the pieces, all the pieces are there. You just can't put them together to finish a goal. Yeah, um, the thing which, is, if he was already in a situation where he could put him together to finish a goal, he wouldn't be playing for Atletico Ottawa, right? So. <laughs> yeah, good point. No, that's a good point. <laughs> that's a fair point. <laughs> the, the the idea is to develop these players with our system, and you know we still have half a season left to go, so I'm not really, I'm not, uh, I'm not ready to drop the hammer on this one. No, no, and I uh, again, Johnny, I'm not dropping the hammer. I'm just saying I'm a bit worried. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm being honest. Um, and then I would say the only other player that I would maybe put up here as mm-hmm. and again disappointment. Um, Noah Verhoven has had not a few not so great performances for me. Um, the match against Vancouver was kind of meh. <laughs> Been a little um, streaky. Yeah, and uh, we've talked about shades of shades of Max Tiso last year, where it's like hot and cold, and yeah. Noah Verhoeven's very much like that. Yeah. Um. Again, he's he's not horrible by any stretch. He's generally puts in good good numbers, good minutes, good good stats. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, there's been a few like the Vancouver game, zero for four on crosses, dispossessed twice, one for four on ground duels, like not phenomenal. Um. Especially when we put him in a position where we're trying to use him in a role to like get crosses across the 18 box and he's you know skying them or not putting them where they really want them to be 
Um, so yeah, so I would put Noah here with like maybe an asterisk next to him. The thing about this is I remember him having a great game against against Valor. Yes, um, he did. And, and then the, the thing is, is that he's been dropped for favor of Antonoro for some reason. Uh, and I mean, I love Antonoro. I think he's a great player, but I don't know if him getting a string of starts has been good for Verhoeven's consistency. No, no. You I know what I mean? I feel like it should be the other way around. I feel like Verhoeven should be starting and Antonoro should be subbing in. Yeah, and that, again, that's something that maybe Carlos could look at for future matches. Um, yeah. I hope he's kind of reevaluating the 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 the, the way we're going to play in the next few matches. Um, I'm hoping that some of our players are going to start coming off injuries. It would yeah. be great, especially yeah, on the left nice. side of the yeah. pitch. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's that's where I'm at for that. I wouldn't. I honestly wouldn't put anyone else up there. Most no, people had just either. like a couple, you know, a good game, a couple decent games, whatever. Yep. Yep. Yep, agree. Um, areas for improvement. I mean, obviously, we've got three games of data to look at here, but do what we did against the Cavs in Vancouver, and not what we did against Halifax. <laughs> <laughs> open shut. There yeah, we go. <laughs> open shut. Case closed, Your Honor. Uh, no, for real though. I, I think it comes down to we were doing a bit of ball watching um, sometimes, mm-hmm. and I get that we're we're a low block club, and I get that that comes with the territory. Mm-hmm. where we end up watching the play a little bit and, and countering, you know, quickly when we do finally get possession. But I do find sometimes we drift a little too low um, and it puts us in the position where unless we're going to play a perfect, perfect, no flaws defensive game, mm-hmm. we're really opening ourselves up to like serious goal scoring opportunities for opposing teams. We saw it a few times uh, in, I think, every, all three of these matches where Cavs, Vancouver or Halifax could have scored on just like a bit of a messy defensive effort yep. um, because we were blocking so low and then they just managed to put it over the crossbar or, or it hit a body on the way into the net. Um, so it, it, it worries me when we play like that, especially when we're talking about like playing a resurgent cavalry squad this weekend, because cavalry yeah. is a very high press, high attack team they sure in this are. league. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, if we can pull off a perfect defensive performance, great. We can, we can ball watch all we want, but it, all it takes is five seconds of, of, you know, misjudgment on a, on a ball or on a pass. And now we've put ourselves in a very, very dis- disadvantaged position. defensively. Yeah. I mean, you saw, you saw what the, the havoc that Joel Morelli was able to create when he, when he came on as a sub. Um, also, we, also, what is with his hair? Why would you do that to yourself? He's got the what? Paul Gascoigne Euro. Yeah, like, it's so yeah. bad, bro. It's so bad. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I mean, he, him just effortlessly putting through balls in for a team that plays a low block that is absolutely not catching anyone offside, that's pretty dangerous. Yeah. Um, you know, three games, we, on, we only caught three players offside over but that's, three games. But, but that's what I was saying about the Halifax game is I feel like we got lucky when we came away with only a 1-0 one, one loss. Yeah. Because yeah. you're right, Morelli put some balls into the into the 18. That I was like, "Ooh, here we go. We're gonna yep. dump. We're gonna give up a couple more." No. Um, Bro, if Morelli had scored against us, I'd uh, still be I'd, I'd still be in bed, and I wouldn't want to do this. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I just I, like I I I have this week off from work, and I would yeah I would stay on the couch all week and just watch like. Mm. You know, whatever mermaid show my daughter's watching. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Thank God we've only got one more game against that dude, and thank God it's not at home. <laughs> yes, yes, agreed, agreed. All right, so what are your moments of the matches? We've got three Mo- of them moments of the matches. Uh, first, Cavs. I would say it's got to be Salter's cross. I know Assy scored the goal, but that cross, outstanding, absolutely per- outstanding. Perfectly weighted, perfectly just, weighted. Just 
everything I want to see from Sam Salter. That's what I want. Just more of that. That's yeah. great. Um, versus Vancouver, I would say it's a toss up. Um, you know, we talked a bit earlier about Howarth just battling those two defenders off mm-hmm. and then losing the ball and then getting the ball back and then driving it to the byline and, and for that header. That's definitely number one. Uh, number two, the moment of the match was definitely that smooth brain offside. Oh call my god, we Ollie forgot Benson. to talk about yeah, that. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> so, any of you guys that saw the like post on Twitter, and it was literally like a line that was drawn across as if like here's the last defender, and yeah. then it's like a loop around all he passes it, and then oh he's going. God. What a terrible, terrible low quality officiating call. That man. was genuinely, I mean, in a league that has some of the worst refereeing we've ever seen, that was generally the worst offside call I have ever seen in my life. Yeah, I wanted to. Punch he, he was in the face. he was like ten feet on side. Like, I know. It was, it was shocking. the worst part. There was two it players, was two shocking Vancouver players that were keeping him on side, and they still called it offside. And I'm like, that makes no sense. It like, how did shocking. you see that? Yeah. Um. So yeah, it's uh you know again another example of just some low quality line lines keeping in this yeah. league. No, exactly. Um, so if we yes. drew the, if we drew that game, oh, like, I would we we probably would have sent letters to Canada Soccer. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, like, let me tell you about how what I feel. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and then Halifax, I mean, aside from Nimick's cross, which I have to give him credit for, it was probably yeah. the, one of the most perfect crosses in the entire history of this league. Um, there wasn't a lot to write home about this match, yeah. to be honest. Um, no. For no, me, it was probably just seeing Bryce and his kids repping yeah. the red and white stripes in the stands at Wanderers Ground, which was great. Um, there's that funny gif of him where it looks like he's having a heated argument with that dude that's dressed up like a. I don't know, like a town crier. And and then Bryce is like, no, no, no. Yeah, he was like, no, 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 we were just having a good conversation. I'm like, it doesn't look like that, bro. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you can see, obviously, when you watch Bryce, it looks like a heated conversation. But then you see uh, Denton and he's just kind of like, yeah, no, yeah, for sure. It's just Bryce's Bryce was intense because the beer is cheaper out there. So, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, yeah, yeah. he's he's on the sauce. He's on the sauce at Wanderers Grounds. He's probably Uh, talking about all the wacky stuff he's up to. Yeah, that's true. That's true. His Twitter takeover was also excellent. It Just was very photos good. Photos from all over around yeah. Halifax was great. Um, yeah. So yeah, to me, that was probably the moment of the match was just seeing the fact that we managed to get, and by we, I mean Bryce managed to bring some ATO flavor out to the Wanderers grounds for an away yeah. game, which was awesome. There was a couple of Bytown boys there too. I That's saw. true. There, yeah. was, there was a few there. Um, I was kind of jelly because at the beginning of the season, I actually had this one circled in my calendar that I wanted to see if I could make the trip out. Obviously wasn't able to do it, but Listen, Johnny, when I come back, we are going to go to a Halifax game. We're going to okay, take a, week, listen, we're take a weekend. To that. We're going to take a weekend and we're going to go out there and we're going to do like a live. We'll record part of the podcast live from Wanderers Grounds. Beauty, I'll hold you to that. <laughs> All right, let's do it. <laughs> let's do it. All right. Speaking of the podcast, you've heard enough from us. Now it's time to hear from you. CCSG Mailbag. Mailbag. Three days, three games worth of mailbag. <laughs> the three days, three game, three triple mailbag and, it, and it's all about the last game it is <laughs> most of it is yeah so uh yeah everyone welcome to the mailbag this is the uh segment of the podcast where you guys can send in questions whatever you want to ask us you know stupid jokes there's a few of those in here i think yep uh, there definitely is at least one um yeah whatever you guys want to ask we'll read on the air uh it's one of the best parts of being a member of ccsg um, aside from being part of the group chat, which is also great, yep. um, is that you get a section of the podcast that is just for you as a member and you can ask us questions. So let's go. Judy, um, do you want, I'll shoot the first one to you. Um, offens- offensively, we've gotten two a game for a long stretch. And that's true. We, we got two goals a game, like at least three games in a row. Um, it is three games in a row. Exactly. B- but Halifax managed to shut us down. Why was that? 
Uh, I mean, the lo- they they played a low block, which was very effective against us, and we've yeah. seen teams play low blocks in the past, which it's kind of like the Uno reverse on cargo, which sucks. Mm-hmm. Um, teams couldn't figure it out last season, but I think they're starting to figure it out this season, which is. You, know, you, think, little, you think Wheeler's going to call them boring? He wouldn't dare. <laughs> he wouldn't dare. God, he wouldn't. Uh, I literally like turned off the broadcast in the halftime show because like, I have no desire to listen to Wheeler just like, you know, <laughs> toot his own horn for like 30 minutes in between. Um, but yeah, so I would say it's it's they played a low block, but part of it, too, was also just like we didn't play a good game. Um, we, we was, yeah. It was just a messy performance all around. Um, the, the pitch probably had some you know, factor, but that's probably maybe 10%, I would say. Yeah. Um, but I would say it's probably because Halifax played two hour weaknesses. Yep. And then also we just didn't play well. Agree. Yeah. Agree. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, um, yeah, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to hit you with this one. What are your thoughts on how we have a bigger <clears throat> following in Spain and possibly beginning of a friendship from Real Zaragoza supporters than we ever did have with fans of daddy Atletico? That's a this good is, question. I love this it. is very funny. I'm sure everyone's been following a couple of like Zaragoza fans that are watching our games. Bro, I love it. Um, so see the, <laughs> the, the, the one dude that's posting like videos and stuff. Yeah, he had, uh, he had he had the Zapateros jersey, but with the paper on it that says like Ottawa's shirt. Ottawa's shirt. Yeah, <laughs> Ottawa's shirt. And he's like moverse, Ottawa moverse, like doing the Zaragoza song. Like it's brilliant stuff. Yes, brilliant stuff. And now we love it. We like we love to see that type of stuff. And I mean, there it is true. We don't really have a lot of Atletico Madrid fans that actually care really about this team. Because why would they? I mean, it's just some team at their owner's own across the 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 ocean, and they might not even like this whole multiple club ownership model that's going on here. And they don't have any connection to any of the players that we've brought from there because they were all youth players that left. Whereas Zaragoza, we have you know their legendary iconic captain of multiple years with us. So of course also, they love it. Also, also cutaway and special shout out. The, the dude that Johnny was just talking about is Adrian Oiz. He's a Look podcaster uh, from, he's a you know podcaster for rails, Zaragoza. And man, his content, I love it, man. He like, he like tweets live during our games. Yeah, Some yeah. of the stuff he sends, I'm just like, bro. And also I love <laughs> how hard the rails, Zaragoza fans come out of the woodwork when someone like shit talks Atletico. They're just like, oh, you yeah. are, <laughs> like, it's just, it's, it's the most Spanish insults too. Like, I love it. <laughs> we like, we better, by the way, like, I, I, I won't admin, read them here because they're very vulgar for them. Yeah, part. no, you go check them out. But Twitter admin better get ready for the rest of the season. Any, any game that Zapater is nominated for player of the match on a Twitter poll, he's going to win player of the match on the Twitter poll by like 75% at least because they, they're crazy. <laughs> well, they're, they're crazy. And it's like also the exposure that we're getting from, from, signing that player like some of our tweets i think i saw one tweet that had like a hundred thousand views and i'm like that's insane for this league (laughs) i don't think i've ever seen a tweet in this league get that many views yeah no it's great we're loving it yeah even they even commented when when actually when uh, they posted that the pod was going to be delayed and like one of the random rail there goes fans was like family comes first i'm like yes i was like what a bro so cute it's so sweet i love (laughs) it yes so you know what we're all rail zaragoza fans now um i know i am for sure there you go. Uh, it's going to be rough if they make it up to La Liga and then they're playing at the Uh-oh. Atletico. I'm like, well, we can cheer for them now because they're they're playing in La Liga too. Or whatever. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Um, is the Half? We kind of actually talked about this. Is the Halifax game uh, a down game on a soggy grass pitch or a harbinger of things to come? 
Um, I hope it's not a harbinger, but I I also don't think we can blame it on the pitch either. I just think Halifax is is on the upswing. Their 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 home game record or their home game records right now. I think they're five wins in a row at they're home. They're five right wins now. in a row at home. Yeah. So you know what? I have to give them credit where credits due. It's whatever. So Halifax fans, if you're listening to this podcast, don't come at me on Twitter like you usually do. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I'm giving you credit. Um, you know, Halifax is playing a, a great season so far in the second half of this season. Um, so I don't think it, it's either of those. I just think that Halifax played a good game. We played a bad game and it happens. Um, and it happens to any team. Um, the same way, you know, Halifax managed to beat Pacific who were on a hot streak. Um, so I, I yeah. would, I would just chalk it up to just a bad game for us. Uh, and I mean, let's be real here. This is the first time we've lost to them since 2021. Mm-hmm. So it was bound to happen sometime. And you know what? I'm not really like that arsed about losing that game when you consider that we're actually winning at home now. So yeah, yeah it's, we a good, wor- it's a good trade. Yeah. <laughs> and we're still whatever. dominating at Atco, and that's what matters. Yeah, we're still dominating at ATO <laughs> yeah, field. Yeah, the, 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 the <laughs> picture that went out after we beat Cavalry, and it just they got rid of the C, and it was just said, welcome to ATO field. ATO field, I love it so much. I love it so much. Yeah. Um, yeah. This, this, this is a real one here. How many? How much has injuries on the left wing harmed our game day roster? Do you mix Mac, miss Max Tissot? And similarly, why isn't Neba coming in at left back instead of Acosta? Uh, so injuries have severely hurt our left wing. We've, we've talked about <laughs> sure it the last two seasons on this podcast about our left side of the field is generally weaker than the right. Yep. Um, and then once you stack injuries on top of that, it is rough. Yes. Um, do I mix miss Max Tiso? Yeah, hundred percent. I do because I, I think that he really came into his stride at the end of last season. And then early this season, he was playing really well. Um, I think we need someone like him in that position, um, because he has been more consistent. So yes, I miss Max Tiso. Why isn't Neba playing? I don't know if Neba's just injured. Um, wouldn't surprise me based on his injury, you know, history. Um, he's played. I think he came in. Did he come in on any of the games? I no. think he might have. No, he he's, didn't. He he, um, he started against. Uh, he started Cavs. against Cavs. Yeah, and he yes. started against Cavs at like left wing back, which was weird as shit. But <laughs> yes, um, honestly, honestly, I think it's I think it's because like in certain games, you know, we we really switch between the four one four one and the three five two depending on the yeah. game. So it's like, okay, do we need a left wing back or do we need a left back? Yep. So yeah. It's yeah, very so, weird. so the answer to this question is I'm extremely worried about our left side. Um, yes. And I think injuries have made it even worse. Um, so not not so great. Not so great. Especially with, with the way that Sacco came off in that Vancouver game. I think he was yes. on the pitch for, what, like three minutes? And then he pulled uh, up with yeah. a hammy? Yeah, he's out. And then, you know, when we talk about Acosta having a non-contact hamstring injury, we're like, oh, it's, <laughs> you know what? <laughs> it's it's rough. It's rough times yeah. for, for our our starting players um and now we're kind of just having to to play the shell yeah. game with putting yeah. people where they fit versus where they should be yeah sorry it was the, it was the Cavs game Sacco came on for six minutes yeah. be- before he pulled up with a non-contact hamstring injury and had to leave and then uh, yes. was that was been out for the last two games so I don't like the look of that no I, no, I don't either <laughs> and that's but that's the thing is that that's not his first hamstring injury this season either so I mean I'm beginning to hit that territory where, where I wonder if we're going to see him again this year yeah, maybe, maybe not. Who knows? Who yeah. Knows? What are our options um, there, really? I mean, if we want to, we're still in the transfer window. Do you think we pick up a, a, a left back to sort of uh, cover as this glaring gap and then, you know, unregister some players if they're going to be on the, the season long injury list? Yeah. And I mean, they also introduced that new rule uh, for, for, what was it like, under, under 21 
super good players or whatever. Is it under, it's, it's, or under 19, I, don't know what, I, I think it's I think it's under 19 or under 18, but um, they, oh, can be, they could be paid outside of the cap. Yes. You have two of them. So, so I mean, maybe that maybe we just you know look at like transferring Essie to that, and and then picking up a left back. You know, I don't know. Um, there there are options there. I I would like to see us maybe bring a little more depth because I think out of all of the positions on the pitch for our club, that is now that we have yeah. a six because we we bitched about six forever. Yeah. Now we're bitching about our left backs. Exactly. Um, yeah. And and that's not because people are playing poorly. It's just because injuries are are crippling our left side of the pitch yeah and teams are starting to pick up on that yeah no exactly um also just to throw out there assy is a little bit too old to take advantage of that um, i oh. believe i believe everyone on our roster is actually a little bit too old to take advantage of that no but so. assy's 18 isn't he but you had to have been under 18 at, uh, at, on, on january 1st that's dumb <laughs> that's just dumb um yeah so um someone oh uh yeah this is something that we should definitely do um so we're gonna give a special shout out to uh christian who's the security guard who stands in front of the dub Mm -hmm. um man he got a shout out from one soccer total bro like everyone i've talked to that's met this guy yeah you know in the dub um that's the kind of security that you want there is (laughs) is someone that like understands the the culture of a supporters group a little bit and is like, all right, I'm going to let a few things slide to not make a big deal of it. Cause we've had some, some security guards in the past that I've been at games and I'm like, man, you are just making a mistake because <laughs> yeah. as much as like the supporters group is a bunch of drunk idiots at a game, they also have, you know, some sway with the club because yeah. we're the supporters of the club. Um, so it's awesome when the club puts someone, you know, down there that, that actually like understands the nuances of supporters groups. Yeah. And he got um, the shout out, he got the shout out on the broadcast. It was during the Vancouver game. Like there was, yeah. they, were, they were singing the song and then he was like dancing as well. And then yeah, yeah, it's awesome. just I love it. Said. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So yeah. So Christian, if you're out there and you're listening right now, man, just mad, mad, mad props to you from us, uh, here at, at after the whistle. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. Um, Anyone who was at the last watch party is going to know who submitted this. But <laughs> is, is, is Del Campo the new Mora Grega? Oof. Uh, and, and similarly, Ruben Del Campo has had great positioning but hasn't sunk one yet. 200 minutes in for him. How do you rate our three strikers? Okay, so first part of that question. Is Del Campo the new Mora Grega? No, because yeah. Mora Grega was bad. Yeah. <laughs> and Del Campo is not bad. He just you know, is still working on the finish. Morgrega couldn't even get near the net. So yeah, unless he's on a PK that he takes from Raleigh Bassett. Yeah. <laughs> Del, Del Campo isn't lazy. He's just a bit snake bitten at the moment. I believe yes. would be the term. Yes. Yes. Exactly that. Um, to, to answer the second part of the question, how do I rate our three strikers? I would yeah. put, you know, I never thought I would say this, but I would put Sam Salter. Well, you as have our to, number he's, one. The, he's the only one with more than one goal. And he's honestly played a few really good games. Um, he struggled early in the season, but now that yep. we have a true six and we have mm-hmm. Ollie Bass backing him up in the eight, mm-hmm. um, I think that he's really come into his position. So obviously, Sammy Salter is number one. And I know at the end of last season, I made a really stupid meme about him when we played Halifax <laughs> about like <laughs> Sam Salter being a pen merchant and like, yeah. us sinking a, a ship. <laughs> and uh, but yes, I'm glad Sam's with us. He's my number one. Um, and then I would probably, I would, that's a tough one. I would yeah. probably still put Malcolm Shaw above Del Campo. Barely. It's, it's Barely. rough. And I know that he's been doing this thing with, with Malcolm this season that he, that we, uh, Mista did with him in 2021, which is to play him on the left wing a little bit. Yep. And he hasn't really been excelling there. Um, no. 
I don't know if we play a style that doesn't fit him properly anymore. He's been a, he's he's the only player that's been at this club since the very beginning, and so obviously he's been now on his second manager, and you know he's probably seen this club play about twelve different styles and in, in throughout yeah. these past four years. So some games he absolutely shines like a diamond, and some games are a little bit of duds. So I don't know what we need to do to sort of make that a little bit more consistent. You know? Yeah, and I mean I guess technically we have a fourth striker because you have Assi as well so where would you put him in the mix Johnny I those? mean I, I see him more as a right winger I wouldn't really put yeah. him as a striker that's that's fair yeah but <clears throat> yeah so so that's kind of where I would put them uh, yeah I mean it's say. for me it's for me it's our best striker is definitely Salter and then that's not only because he's got what like three two three goals at the moment he's three goals. <laughs> the fact that our leading goal scorer again is a midfielder just doesn't really bode very well for our strikers but you know what are you gonna do yep yeah, we work with what we got. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, all right. Let me ask you this one. Antonaro uh, has tons of energy and is electric on the pitch. Very true. Mm. But his decision making has been severely lacking. Should he serve more of a Verhoeven role to bring energy late to inject some creativity? That could be cool. It could also be cool to not play him on the left wing in a low block. Um, I thought like, that also this. Yeah, I thought his positioning in the last game was very suspect. Yeah, um, way too many times in the defense he would be tucked in to where he would be if he was playing as like an eight. Um, and so many times, you know, he he would he would bring the ball into the middle or come into the middle to just try and get involved in the play because he was desperate to get involved. But that wasn't what that sort of structured system needed from him. Yeah. So we need to be playing in a four-one-four-one with him as one of the eights, playing a sort of more, just not a defensive low block game. We need to be playing a games like our uh, Vancouver game, like our Valor game. He's shone in both of those games. Yeah, true. So I think that we need to pick our games of where we play him, and playing away in a low block is not the type of game he needs to be starting in. No. You know, I think that's exactly the type of game he needs to be coming at off at the end in. Maybe throw him up there at the top in his double striker system and and just, you know, terrify some defenders in the last 15 minutes. Yeah. Hell yeah. yeah I'm because super he, down with that. Because you're right. He does kind of have a, a, a similar spark as he's, Zach Verhoeven. And he's chaos. He's like 19 and he's chaos. So yeah. <laughs> that's what it's we like, need. It's like the young players on our team are just like, they're chaotic. Exactly. <laughs> like they're, they have They have uncontrolled power. Yeah, <laughs> take advantage of this. Yeah. Take advantage of this. Throw, yeah. throw on Verhoeven, Antonaro, and Assi on the last 20, 30 minutes <laughs> of the game and just, you know, wa- watch hilarity ensue. I would actually love to see that, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> if you're listening, Cargo, we were playing Calvary this weekend. Yes, do this. Uh, yeah. Looking ahead at our next few matches, we have this weekend against Calvary, who are on a hot streak which they are. They've got, I believe, four wins in their last five. Yeah, they're top um, of the table right now. And then another away game against Pacific, who have one point in their last five. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, although Calvary on a hot streak, and then another home game against York, sorry, who just drew Pacific and, who, and, draw, and beat Valor. Um, and then an away game against Pacific. Which game are you most worried about and why? I mean, it's obvious. It's, it's Calvary, isn't it? No, I am not. Really? I'm not worried about Calvary, to be honest. Okay. Um, I, I'm going to say... I'm most worried about Pacific away. Really? Yes. So Cavs, Cavs, I think I'm worried about just because they're the only reason I'm worried about Cavalry is because they're on a hot streak. Mm-hmm. But I think that now that we're playing them with the, the, the players that we have, as far as like, we've got a bit more offensive power. We've got Zapater holding the middle down. I'm less concerned. Injuries. 
honestly, that's the X factor for me because yeah. I'm I'm not worried against Cavs if some of our players are healthy and we're able mm-hmm. to like restructure our, our our formation. Yeah. But at the same time, I am I I am expecting kind of a Pacific resurgence. I know they've been on a slide lately, um, but I just I don't know. I have a gut feeling that that there's there's things happening with Pacific. They're playing well. Cavs are playing well as well, but I think that traditionally the Cavs, you know, kind of shit the bed late in the season. Um, so, so yes, that's to me. I'm not worried about York, honestly, especially because York. I don't know if you know this, Johnny. York has 345 under 21 minutes. <laughs> so why last- is no one talking about this? Remember last season when we had like everyone- twice that at this point, and everyone was complaining, and everyone bro, was up bro, in and arms. That, like, are they worried? That, are you guys and, worried? Why aren't you following it, the rules? And Carlos was just like, oh, don't trust the process, whatever. But we weren't halfway through the season with. 30% no 15% of the amount of of under 21 minutes we need like they're screwed they're gonna they're gonna roll into the end of the season so it's either one of two things either they don't expect to make the playoffs and they really don't give a shit about under 21 minutes yeah. or they're gonna roll into the end of the season and they're gonna have to play their like you know Timbits team because they need to play everyone under 21 on their team every yeah. game for like yeah. the last four games of the season no, I um, hate it. And I hate that they're not getting any flack for this, whereas we got all the flack for it last season. Yeah, we do. You know, I hate that teams playing low blocks get no flack for it, but we get called boring when we do it. It's I know it sounds really all woe is me and like, you know, maybe the world isn't against us, but I, I mean it feels like that sometimes. Yeah, yeah. So um so yeah, so for me personally, I'm I'm a little more worried about Pacific away than I am worried about Cavalry at home because our home record recently has actually been very good as well. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to probably like just uh, I'm going to go ahead and disagree with you there. <laughs> um, I would say I'm t- I'm I'm I think Cavalry is a really tough game, like j- mostly just because they're on a streak right now. And I don't think Zapatero is going to play that game. He just played 90 minutes in Halifax and he's played yeah. every game since he's come here. Like there's he's got a rest at some point. So I don't know if we're going to have him the next game. And Pacific for me. Their 2-2 against us was like the beginning of their down, their current downfall. I want to friggin' take advantage of this downfall as soon as possible. I want to get in on this. I'm seeing everyone get points against them, and we've Everyone's only feasting gotten... feasting on Pacific right now. Right, and I want to feast. I want to feast, too. I want in on this. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Also, man, I'm, I'm just looking at some of the metrics. Did you know that ATO is ranked number one in big chances in the league? Really? Yeah, we have 29. That's amazing. Yeah. Huh. The only scary part is Ali Moosey is ranked number two in the league for big chances <laughs> it's with eight, just him. So, yeah, that's crazy. That's, yeah. I didn't know that. That's wild. Well, there you go. Yeah. Um, Bahus, where is he and why isn't he on the pitch? Oh, man, I hope it's not an injury and I would like to see him play, <laughs> please. Um, I hope that Zachariah Bahus is out maybe in the game this weekend. I think he's so creative and dynamic and and he brings, you know, a lot of really good things to to the play that we to the style of play that we're that we use. Um, and last season, he was a little bit inexperienced, a little bit young, a little bit green. And then we've seen the, the few times we've seen him this season. He's been excellent. Yeah, no, uh, he has been right. excellent. So, so so I would like to see him. I'm hoping it's not an injury. I'm hoping it's just like we've been saving him to, you know, use as our silver bullet against Cavalry at home um, and, and continue our, our domination streak of Cavalry. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't, I, I don't know. Sat, sat on, sat on the bench against Cavalry. Sat on the bench against Vancouver. Didn't make the squad against Halifax. Um, the thing is, is like, is he gonna? If 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 I'm right and Zapater doesn't play this coming weekend, is he? Is are we gonna do that thing where we have the uh, 
Bohus Verhoeven or Bohus Bassett like double pivot yeah. midfield. <clears throat> It'd be great because when we tried it, it worked a treat before Zapatero came in. But is he going to be able to do that after he's come off, you know, not playing for a few weeks? <laughs> I don't know, man. You know, it's funny because you're like, yeah, he's on the bench for this game, on the bench for this game, on the bench for this game. And in my head, all I could imagine is that like montage and Rocky of like Drago, like, <laughs> like they got like all the all the just like sensor, sensors hooked up to him. He's like working out a lot. It's like, <laughs> and we're just like waiting to unleash him on cavalry. On the weekend. <laughs> so. Uh, so, yes, hopefully that's the case. And we get to see Bahus uh, just ball out on on the weekend. He's going to come be up awesome. jacked. Yeah. Um, all right. I'll hit you with this one. Um, the Halifax SGs sounded completely uncoordinated and were singing overused and unoriginal chants all game. Wow. <laughs> but not wrong. For Someone, a team that for, someone's for, got some poison here. <laughs> yeah. For a team that constantly says they have the best fans in the league, where were they in this match? So, I mean, as far as that last part, we can confidently say, you know, they pushed the game back a day because the province yeah. was flooded. So I'm sure obviously they didn't have as many there. But for the ones that were there, you're absolutely right. I know that Bryce uh, had sent some rough, videos bro. from being in the crowd and he's like, man, this isn't it. This like, is not it. Yeah, this here. is not it. Is what you, said. Could, you could tell at home, too. I'm watching on the broadcast. I'm like, you guys are like one goal up. You're pushing for the win. And it is a library in here. I'm I'm listening to this megaphone guy like. Try and write right chance on the spot and abandon them halfway through. Like I'm, I'm hearing. And I mean, you know, obviously the overuse and unoriginal chance. Everyone steals chance from everywhere. That's fine. Yeah. It's whatever. But I mean, to like try and write new ones on the spot. Like he tried to do a new Sloop John B one, and then yeah. just gave up before the last line. I'm like, what? Like, are you organized whatsoever? Yeah, yeah. It's funny too because like uh, one of my like uh, I mean obviously I grew up in Nova Scotia, so I lived there a lot. Um, and then I left before Halifax had a team. Um, but a lot of my friends and colleagues and whatever are, are Halifax fans. And so I was actually chatting with one of them and I asked him, I was like, what is up with your supporters group? I was like, what happened? Because normally yeah. the Halifax supporters are like wild. They're yeah. kind of like us, but on the East Coast. Um, so so I asked him and he was like, honestly, man, he's like, there's two supporters groups, I guess, um, in different sections. And he's like, yeah. they're com- sometimes he's like, they're just completely uncoordinated. They don't work together. Yeah. You know, whatever. They don't sit in the same section. Um, and I get doing that at like, uh, for example, at like Stad Saputo, because obviously here's the if ultras. You're on opposite sides of the pitch. Yeah, yes, it works. Yeah, I get it. I get it. And you have enough fans in your stadium to do that. Yeah. Whereas I'm like, you know, Halifax is averaging a lot of fans, like they're averaging between five and 6,000 a game. But to me, that's still not enough to put two supporters groups in separate sections. Like, and the thing is, us, is that they're right next BBS, to each other. Well, that's just it. And like, there's us and BBSC. But we all work together for all of our chance, which exactly. was why they sound, which is why they sound so yeah. good on the broadcast. It's organized. Um, it's organized exactly, and uh, it was completely disorganized. And yeah, it's it just felt really amateur, which I was not expecting in, from Wanderers grounds. Yeah, I mean, obviously they have the the attendance, and you know, no one can shake a stick at that because those are just objective facts. They have the highest attendance in the league. You know, they sell out sixty five hundred people games. Um, but you know, does that equal? energy we saw this past weekend it doesn't yeah you know what i mean so and you know we, we saw firsthand videos of bryce you know at, at the edge of the main stand close to the kitchen and it was you know it was a, you could hear a pin drop it was a library so yeah, yeah i know this is some shade weird. this is some shade for sure but you know but it was weird. asked the question yeah. was asked and it was answered yeah agreed agreed <laughs> Um, last one here. Last minute one to consider. Is it time to look at Tier Walker and Omar Darwish as possible defensive options? Um, I mean, that's going to be tough because I think one of them is on a U-Sports contract. No, they are both uh, development contracts. Oh, they're dev contracts. Uh, you know what? At this point, I mean, maybe. 
maybe we maybe we do start doing that um giving them at least some minutes subbing them in late maybe um yeah you know that's part of the reason the dev contracts exist is to give these guys exposure in a professional league um but at the same time we're we're lacking in those positions um and maybe that's something that we can we can put in like tier walker plays what tier walker's a center back yeah he's a cb and then uh omar, omar darwish is a central midfielder yeah so so we've got you know a couple options that are young people that maybe we can blend in a little bit um do i think we should do it against a team like cavalry no um but yeah maybe against york um, for me if we, next time we play valor if neither of these guys are making the bench at home against vancouver with a with a severely depleted squad of in- injuries i don't see it happening yeah not unless we're near the end of the season and we've but already also, made playoffs. But also, we're talking, we're talking, we don't know what Miguel Acosta's situation is right now. So This is true. That might just be another one that we throw onto the pile, right? So Yeah. Who knows? I mean, center back, I don't know if we need the backup unless someone gets injured. Um, Omar Darwish, I don't know. I mean, obviously, you know, we got our new stud number six midfielder. So do we really need the midfield depth? I mean, our last game... Who was our midfielders on the bench? We had Verhoeven, uh, and actually that was it. So yeah, maybe we do need a little bit of midfield depth depending yeah. on the game, especially if, if Zapatero is not playing, yeah. right? And if, but, and if but Bahus got, is still got, injured or something. But I've got faith in El Toro. I think he's gonna be. I think he's gonna be back, man. That guy. I think he's a workhorse. He definitely is. He's a workable. So <laughs> good mailbag. It was a long one. Great, but, you know, great three, mailbag, everybody. Three games, awesome. so that was to awesome. be expected. Yeah. Um, so the watch party, I was, we were texting with everyone at the watch party that whole game. How, how, yes. how toxic was that group? <laughs> oh my God. It was so bad. Literally all we were doing, I'm, I'm really hoping, you know, you know, those like memes where it's like, you, it, what happens when your group chat gets like released? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, You're all sweating. Man, yeah. It's like, man, I hope the, I hope the team never sees this group chat. Cause it's literally <laughs> us being like, what the actual, yeah. <laughs> what is happening? Um, okay. but yeah, yeah. The watch party looked great. Um, the, you know, the, as far as like the footage and stuff of the watch party, but at the same time, the chat was, <laughs> the chat was, uh, yeah, it was, it was a garbage dump, which was great. Um, cause, that's where we're allowed to let off steam so that we're not we're not putting it we're not putting it here on the pod (laughs) yeah no we would never do that and we're not like the owner of a club putting it on twitter (laughs) exactly yeah yeah so uh yeah but um yeah yeah the watch parties are good um definitely i mean obviously we have a home game next game next two games i think are home games um and then we play pacific away so on the 13th of august so head out to the old gcp on the 13th and uh, check that out for sure. There you go. So yeah, next home match against Cavs. We, we already talked about it. Um, you're feeling Johnny's com- scared. Johnny's I'm scared. scared. I'm, I'm, I'm scared. Not. You're not. You know, who, that's pretty on brand. I think. <laughs> <laughs> that's very true. <laughs> um, so speaking of watch parties, all the way matches. We got the watch parties. Also, Women's World Cup. Oh yeah, doing yeah, the watch World parties on the, on the go right now. I know those are at crazy hours. Next Women's World Cup, uh, 8 a.m. on Wednesday. I'm not going to lie to you, fam. I don't know if we're having a watch party for that one. But you stay, stay tuned to the socials because they will let you know. They will let yeah, you know. I, I mean, I might watch it. We're playing Ireland at 3 p.m. here. So that's I, know that, <laughs> I know that the bars in Ontario, uh, I believe they're serving beer at like 7 or 8 in the morning because of this. So Perfect. Don't quote me on this. Watch out for the socials if there is one. So if, if, you, go to a bar, if you go to a bar and they won't serve you, you say Johnny MacArthur said that bars are open at 7 a.m. You will serve me beer. 
you, Here's you his have home to. phone number if you want to ask him. You have to do it. That's the rule. Yep. <laughs> um, hot stove, Thursday, 7 p.m. Yes. Going to yes. want to be on that one. They've been great this season. Yeah, they have been. Um, if you want to be in the dub for the next game, as you do, go to CapitalCitySupporters.com. Click on the little W. Do it. Next to the W also is a little fantasy football icon. Oh, yeah. Get in you on it. You are going to want. We, it is a uh, you are, it's $20 entrance. It is a charity event. A fun, sorry, it is a fundraising event. All yep. the proceeds, uh, other than the prizes, will be going towards CCSG. To, They'll be going you know, to buying smokes mostly. Buying <laughs> mostly for buying smokes because they're expensive. they're expensive. And we decided that we wanted to start scoring goals at home. So yes, <laughs> yes also that. So yes, click but on the that. Join prizes the prizes are good. Prizes are good. They're, I think the top prize is like a couple hundred bucks and a season ticket. I think it's two hundred bucks and a season ticket. Yeah, that's which is great. Yeah. And you've got like shirts and stuff like that. So yeah. uh, ATO merch item and then CCSG merch item, I believe, are the other two. Yeah. So, so get in on it. Get in on that. You get into this the fantasy uh, chat group, which is you know if you like toxic group chats, <laughs> buddy. That is that is S tier toxic group chat. I was on the one last year, and yeah. it was oh man, <laughs> love it. So get in on that. Um, I'm just letting you all know now. I'm I'm winning it all. I just set uh, my t- I just set my team like I just, I got my team like two days ago, and I am going to win it all. So. Okay, good. You can know. try if you want, I guess, but but you're not winning. <laughs> but you're not winning. Um Patrick Gibson's players rankings, obviously that's, you know, doing the homework for us. We love those. Um <laughs> Ben Ralph Forward Press, I would read all of them because uh I don't have the time or the access to watch the uh pre or post game uh interviews and they're great. Um obviously Megan Wiper with the Ad Hoc Footy 101 series, new designs in the shop as usual. Patty Big episode for a big two weeks. Yes, sir. Yeah, it was good. Um, you know, again, sorry this took so long to get out, but at the same time, it's out now. You guys are hopefully going to enjoy it on your Tuesday. And uh, yeah, uh, you know what? Hopefully this is just a little bump in the road and we're going to smash calves on the weekend. Next time we'll only have one game to talk about. <laughs> True. <laughs> the victory against Cavalry at TD Ooh, this weekend. Love it. Love it. <laughs> All right. Vamos a day. We'll see you next Vamos. Time.